This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Jane Brown for Libby for the next couple of weeks while she enjoys her much-deserved summer vacation. Well, once again, China has upped the ante in its unacknowledged dispute with Canada. Yesterday, China suspended imports of Canadian meat on the grounds that its authorities don't trust Canadian assurances about the quality of its exports after previously obstructing shipments of Canadian canola, peas, and soybeans. This move happens... uh, happened last night on the eve of Prime Minister Trudeau's trip to the G20 in Japan, where Trudeau has been promised by Donald Trump that the U.S. president will advocate on behalf of Canada, and specifically the two detained Canadians in China, Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor. Canada has been on China's radar since Canadian authorities arrested Huawei executive Meng Wenzhou on December 1st in Vancouver at the request of the U.S. Joining us to discuss the latest developments, Chuck Kwan with the Toronto Association for Democracy in China. Chuck, thanks for being available today. Good afternoon. This is not about the quality of Canada's meat products, is it? No, it is not. It's a purely political uh, move, and it's basically a retaliation uh, for us arresting uh, the Huawei executive, Meng Wanzhou. And you would suspect that this is their strategy to continue to hit us with uh, the the import situation? Yes, uh, this is especially true given the last uh, the behavior of China over the last seven years or eight years uh, when the current president Xi Jinping uh, took power. He had been kind of uh, doing this China dream kind of a plan. Uh, to quote-unquote dominate the world, which is uh, they, they, they kind of put China back, they want to put China back on the map. So what, in your opinion, will Beijing continue to do in trying to get uh, their way to have the Huawei executive released? Well, I, I don't think we should be tempering with the judicial process that we have gone through. I know that Beijing wanted our minister to... Um, uh, release uh, uh, the Huawei executive. I think, but but I think that's a wrong move on our part because if we do that, then we'll be kowtowing to every single demand from China and other world power that decided that to retaliate for anything that they uh, that they, displeases them. So I think we need to stand up to our backbone and 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 um, stand up for for the justice and for uh, judicial process. I want to give you an example. Um, back in 1998, when the Western Alliance uh, are trying to bring a motion to the uh, United Nations Human Rights Commission uh, to condemn China for human rights violation, and China was successful in playing off all the Western powers, dangling uh, trade contracts and uh, Boeing versus Airbus, uh, uh, pitting U.S. against the European countries and so forth. But a little country like uh, Denmark stood up 
and became the last Western nation to stand up to China. Of course, China uh, promised punishment, promised retaliation, which they did for a few years. But after that, um, the, the trading between Denmark and uh, China actually grew uh, after that uh, incident. So I think we should take heart into the fact that uh, China needs our canola oil uh, import, that China needs our meat product. And we, we, we produce some of the best quality uh, stuff that China wants for its domestic market. So they're just playing this game right now to, to, to threaten uh, Canada to make sure that they release uh, Meng Wanzhou. And yet you're saying they might respect if we hold firm on the Meng Wanzhou situation and not back down. That's right, because uh, China always respects a, a, a stronger or uh, somebody who stood up to them. Uh, but, you know, it might take a few years, uh, but I think that's a price that we have to pay uh, when we are a smaller country in this world stage. And we're kind of caught between Donald Trump and Xi Jinping, the Chinese president. We are really caught in the middle. And, and it would appear that the Chinese president and his various ministers don't want to have any conversations with uh, Justin Trudeau and his ministers. That's right. And it's, a, it's all a show. It, it's, the, it's a ploy that they've been playing for ages. Uh, what you have to realize is psychology of the uh, Chinese uh, as a country, China as a country. Um, they've been kind of putting this uh, thing about 200 years of humiliation by the Western powers. And they really, really want to be reclaim their rightful place on Earth as the center of the universe. So in that sense, you can see where they're coming from. And, and Canada just happens to be one of these uh, small countries that got into the way. So uh, we can expect a lot more. However, uh, we shouldn't bend over backwards just to accommodate uh, uh, whims of the Chinese government right now. You mentioned that this could take a couple of years. Uh, what about uh, the meat purveyors in this country and the canola producers? How are they supposed to take heart in this situation? Well, I, I just read a report uh, from, I believe, somebody from the meat industry saying, look, we should be exporting more um, to other countries and not so dependent on China. I, and I think he's right. Uh, for too long now, we've been kind of expecting China to be obediently buying up our products, and we've failed to develop other other countries. I think we need to have uh, a balancing um, trade policy, just like what we are trying to do with the U.S. I, I know that we we export a lot and we import a lot from the U.S., but however, we need to look for further. Um, Asia Pacific Alliance is a very good uh, uh, good. Uh, kind of venue for us to be exporting our stuff. So I, I know there will be short-term pain uh, from this, and I think everybody suffers, including the two Michaels. So, uh, but however, as a nation, I think we need to have, first of all, stand on our principle and, and, and stand on the side of right and justice. So what can Donald Trump do at the G20 if he does get that meeting with uh, Xi Jinping? Uh, will he have any concrete influence on... Uh, encouraging Beijing to let the two detained Canadians go? The best hope we have from Donald Trump would be for him to say, okay, uh, we, we just won't extradite Meng um, Zhou because that's just a minor case, and so uh, Canada can let, it, let her go. Uh, that would be the best case scenario, but I don't expect Donald Trump to be doing that. 
In fact, I, I hardly expect Donald Trump to be uh, going to bet for Canada. I, I, I fully expect that he would stay mum and, and just let this whole thing play it out because he has bigger fish to fry. And I, I, I think that uh, I don't trust him at all. There is political pressure from the opposition conservatives in Ottawa and Prime Minister Trudeau who feel that the G20 may be Trudeau's last chance to get movement on the China file. Uh, Chuck, if you could just uh, listen in here, we've got the conservative critic of agriculture, Luke Berthold, on the line to offer that explanation. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hi. Uh, explain for us uh, how critical this latest development is on the banning of meat imports from the Conservatives' point of view and and what Prime Minister Trudeau needs to do about it. Uh, he, he needs to do something. Uh, you know, because since the beginning of this crisis with the Chinese government, he just uh, let everything happening. He uh, tried to refer this crisis to his uh, technical representative from CSIA. He tried uh, to not make it political, but now we know and everybody knows that this is a political issue between Canada and China. So uh, we asked them uh, to uh, uh, first start by naming a new ambassador to China, but they, they just didn't move about it. We asked them to put a complaint on the WTO uh, board just to, to show China that, that we are taking this crisis seriously, and they refused a bunch of time to do it. And uh, maybe just sending uh, an envoy, a special envoy there, and again, they refused. So they just, they, they just waited to, for something to happen, and this strategy didn't work. So now, tomorrow, this is the, the last chance of, the, of Mr. Trudeau to stand up for Canadians and uh, for the canola producers, for the pork producers, for the beef producers, and uh, try to convince Mr. Xi Jinping to, to just start to talk and try to resolve this crisis. But the problem is that the Chinese president won't meet with him. And uh, Chuck Kwan, who, who is an expert on this, is suggesting that uh, the prime minister is actually doing everything right at the moment and hanging tough on this. Well, I, th- I think I think we we should be uh, more smart off more. We, we should we should stand. We should just defend our point. We should just defend our producers. We we have to defend uh, the quality of uh, our our products to show not only to China but to everyone uh, all around the world that uh, we will stand for our production and for the quality of our products. This is important. Uh, since is uh, in their trip, uh, Mr. Trudeau failed uh, with Italy, failed with Vietnam, failed with a lot of uh, countries where we have uh, trade disagreements. So. Uh, this one is bigger. Uh, it, can, it will be uh, very difficult to go through uh, as soon as we expect. So I hope that Mr. Trudeau will withstand and insist and try to talk with someone in China, because now we don't have any relation with China for those uh, disputes. Help us understand, because clearly this is becoming an election issue, the standoff between Canada and China. What would Conservative leader Andrew Scheer do if he was the prime minister right now about this? Well, like I just said before, uh, first of all, we will appoint the new ambassador. I think it's important to have someone there 
to talk with the Chinese government. Second, uh, we ask for a, a formal complaint on the WTO stage. And uh, after that, to, uh, if the Chinese government uh, is not able to, uh, is not willing to understand or to listen, uh, we will uh, pull the funding uh, from the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. We have some some tools in uh, in our hands that we can use, but uh, unfortunately, the government just don't want to use it. All right. I want to take a call on this. Let's go to Dan in Elmwood. You have a comment or question about the Canada-China situation. Yeah. My question is, um, China provides the U.S. and Canada with just about everything. Do they provide most of the world with everything, or is it just Canada and the U.S.? Okay, that's a good question, and a question for Chuck Kwan. Um, Mr. Kwan, can you offer us an explanation, a reply to that? I think uh, if you, I mean, they they pretty much make all the iPhones in the world. They, uh, I think 10 years ago, they were making 95% of the DVD machine. Uh, so in that sense, China is a supplier to the world. Uh, so in that sense... Uh, North America is not unique. We are all dependent on, on China, uh, like Walmart uh, buys pretty much everything from China right now uh, in the U.S. So uh, uh, this is the reality of it. But I want to just uh, point out that, uh, I mean, I agree with the the, uh, the conservative critic, critic yes. about uh, filing a complaint to WTO. I agree with uh, appointing a new ambassador. Um, my my caution is that uh, you can do all that, uh, but uh, the reality is that China just won't budge, and this is the kind of reality that we're facing right now. So whether it's conservative or the liberals uh, in power, I think they will face the same problem. We will leave it there for now. Thank you both for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.